Caleb, Bryson, and Braden have the special. Okay. them for using their talents for the Lord. Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight to the book of Luke chapter 5. <clears throat> Luke chapter 5. There is no more, speaking of beautiful, there is no more beautiful person than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible describes Him as being high and lifted up, and that He is the Lord of glory, He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the bright and morning star. 
Uh, he is going to be returning one day. If you know Him as your Savior, you'll get to be with Him forever. You get to live with Him. Uh, Brother Allen and I were visiting the other day, and we were talking about uh, some different ones who've had these out-of-body experiences. And, you know, I cannot confirm nor deny that they're real. Uh, I said there is a, a place in the Bible where uh, God lets us even in our from the flesh um, see into heaven. Stephen is a great example of this. Before he died, it is recorded, inspired by Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, what Stephen saw. Now, if the Holy Spirit of God inspired Luke to jot down what Stephen saw, he saw in the heaven while he was still alive. Matter of fact, it says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. You know, everywhere else he's, he's uh, seen that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So interesting uh, to think about that. Uh, there, Before I begin with this uh, reading here in Luke chapter 5 and verse 1, uh, we have some very uh, good fishermen in our church. And uh, there we've got some fellows that like to fish. And, uh, uh, of course, Norbley and Johnny Kilcrease and others that are legendary fishermen. Now, they'll go out of here tonight and think they are legendary fishermen. You heard it from the pulpit. and uh, But they definitely know how to catch fish. But we're going to be talking about being a fisher of men and following Jesus. The, the thought is this, forsaking all and following Him. Forsaking all and following Him. It's great to catch fish, but you can catch an even bigger prize than that and by being a fisher of men. Did you know this is not a, a passage to preachers? This is not a passage just for Pastors, this is a passage for all of us. This is forsaking all and following Him. It says, uh, Luke 5, 1, And it came to pass, as the people were pressed upon Him to hear the Word of God, He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and washing their nets. And He entered into the in one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. Let's get out of the shallow water and let's get on out there. Let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night... And have taken nothing, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship. Hey, we need some help. <laughs> Come on, please help us here. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Now, that's what I call a boatload of crappie right there. And uh, the net's sinking. I mean, excuse me, the boats are sinking. Uh, 
Which means that explains why Peter did in verse 8 what he did. When Simon Peter saw it, what? Well, what just happened? He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Father, I pray that you would help us as we look to your holy word tonight, that we would follow you. That we would be a church that's on fire for you. That we would be a church in, of revival. That we would be a church seeking you. We would be a church concerned about the lost and the dying in our community. The people that are without Christ. May we forsake all and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, there's many people in the Bible that are an example of not not following through that I'm only doing this half-hearted I'm I'm just coming to church I'm just uh I'm, I'm not really sold out yet I'm not really committed you know <clears throat> matter of fact you don't have to turn there but in Luke 22:32 he told Peter when thou art converted strengthen thy brethren now this was referring to a time later when Peter would be fully given over when he would know the Lord, when he would be totally sold out, he wouldn't because after this, he denied him and even then he doubted. Also, a neat passage that you find somebody that's changing course, somebody that uh, Peter needed to change course. He needed to be totally sold out, totally given in. I think about Acts 9, 6, which Paul said this. He said, Lord... What wilt thou have me to do? Now, this is right after Paul gets saved. And that's a great thing to ask ourselves, or excuse me, for us to ask God. When you're, if you're saved tonight and you're a member of the Lord, I want to forsake all and follow. So tell the Lord tonight, what do you want me to do? Many of us may have asked that question already. Or how long has it been since we've asked that question? <clears throat> John Mark, of course, is famous for departing Paul and Barnabas when he was a missionary helper. You know, we use that term today, and a lot of people help missionaries and are missionary helpers. But, uh, and I love the passage in 2 Timothy 4.11. And, uh, and it's talking about the same John Mark back in Acts 13 that uh, left... He left Paul. He left Barnabas. He went back. But here at the end of Paul's ministry, here in this last chapter that Paul ever wrote, this is the last thing that we know of today that Paul ever wrote. He said, to bring Mark with me because he's profitable me for the ministry. And so, Mark, it, it doesn't matter. Later on, we may be half committed now, but folks, can you say, I'm sold out. I'm, I'm totally given in to Jesus. It may not be that way now, but we, we can make that decision. This simple command back in our text in uh, Luke 5, verse 4. It, uh, he just told this simple command. Launch out to Simon in Luke 5, 4. It says, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draw. In other words, we've got to catch some fish. Uh, there's nothing complicated about following the Lord. 
prayer, Bible study. Um, now, sure, we may not understand all the ins and outs of salvation tonight. We may not understand why God does some things He does. But did you know none of His commands are complicated? Go to church. Tell others about me. What's complicated about that? But how many of us do it effectively? You know what I mean? Following the, is following the Lord complicated? No. Now, understanding maybe what, why God does what He does or some deep things of how God does what He does. I believe He created the world. Do I know how He did it? No. I believe He's coming back again. Do I know when? No. Some people say, well, let's study Revelation, but still we come up with the same thing. He's coming back. Be faithful till He does. We come up with the same thing every time. Watch for Him. Look for Him and work for Him till He comes. None of His commands, though, are complicated. He told him, hey, let's throw out the net. Let's do what we need to do. But many of us question, well, maybe I'm not ready. <laughs> maybe I'm not... Uh, not cut out for this. We find here, though, in verse 5, this is what all of us need to do. And Simon said, well, you know what, Lord? I'm an expert fisherman. I've got a Ph.D. in fishing. I've got bachelor degree, master degree, doctor degree, Ph.D. I've been fishing longer than you've been alive. Now, I don't know if he said all that, but what does he say? He said, he did say something. He said, hey, listen, I know, I know what the almanac says. I know what the moon is. I've been fishing all night, and all night's when you catch fish. But this is what he said eventually and what we all need to say right now. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll do it. But that's it. That's it in a nutshell. If God says it, we need to do it. And he says, you need to do this. And he says, okay, Lord, that's what we'll do. It doesn't make sense to me. But folks, there's a lot of things in life that doesn't make sense to us. But does God's Word say to do it? We need to do it. And he said, do it. And guess what he did? And then he was astonished. <clears throat> I love that story. <laughs> you know, it's a great story. It's a classic Remember though at Country Church? And we've got a few around here spaced out just about like this. And uh, the Country Church out there somewhere. And uh, a fellow went by state law. He had to be 500 feet from the church to throw up his, his uh, honky-tonk or bar or whatever he threw up. And he moved the exact distance away and he put it up. And the church said, we're pr going to pray that God would remove that. And they prayed for months and months, and a lightning storm hit and burned the place down. And the owner of that bar or whatever it was took the church to court. And he said, they prayed for my building to burn down. I know they did, and it burned down, so I'm suing them. I say, well, we had nothing to do with it. The judge said, well, this is strange. i got a bar owner who believes in prayer and a church who doesn't. So... So, you know, just a little backwards there. 
But we've got to think about this. We, the power of prayer, we're, at, we're praying, we're asking, we're doing. God says we need to do it. And so we pray and we ask God for direction. And the smart, smart responses, He says, After it happened, he, what did he tell the Lord? He was shocked. But look at verse 9. What does it say? It says the exact same thing that happened to that church in that story. They were shocked. If you want to, uh, instead of just a story, a biblical example of this, of course, is in Acts 12. Whenever the church said they prayed all night for the release of Peter from jail, and whenever the uh, this young lady, unmarried lady, heard the knocking, fellas, Ladies have sharp ears. <laughs> Ours don't work too well, do they, Ed? <laughs> I know mine and yours don't. And uh, so, and he, she, that young lady heard the knocking, went out there and said, It's Peter! They said, Can't be. You're just imagining it. It's got to be a ghost of you're making up. Found out it was Peter. They were shocked. Their prayers actually worked. <laughs> And it, so it's whether it's, in here again we have Peter shocked. I mean, I can't believe that it happened. He said he's going to catch a bunch of fish, but I just didn't think it was going to happen. I was astonished. <clears throat> Folks, we don't need to be shocked. Listen to me. We don't need to be shocked when God answers our prayers. We don't need to be surprised when God blesses promised land. If we do what God asks us to do, God's going to bless us. Now, He may not bless us the way we want, but He's going to bless us. And He's going to take care of us. Like we, we talked about in our BTC class, what if, would you serve God if you knew from here on out, if God were to somehow send you a message and say, I'm never giving you another blessing as long as you live, would you still serve Him? And it'll tell you why you serve Him. This awesome result that happened caused Peter to repent. <clears throat> he told the Lord, depart from me for I am a sinful man. That's back at verse 8. Well, lastly, in closing, we see the change that happened. Verse 10 says, and so also was uh, James and John the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. In other words, his adrenaline was pumping. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. If there is ever a prayer that you could pray tonight, it would be to say, I need to forsake all. I need to forsake all and I need to follow Him. I need to, I need to do something. I need to give in. I don't need to sit on the sidelines anymore. What's it going to take for us to say, like Isaiah, here am I, send me. 
When Peter said, depart from me, I am a sinful man. Jesus did that. He knew what would get Peter's attention. And when he got Peter's attention, it took three and a half years for Jesus to break Peter. I'm asking you, has he got your attention yet? And what will it take for him to break you? Because if you're not broken, my Bible says that we're useless in God's service unless we're broken. Did you know that? Broken heart and a contrite spirit, O God, thou wilt not despise. That's what David said in Psalm 51. What will it take to get your attention? What will it take to break us? May we be broken and just say, God, break me. And take me and use me. That's all you got to do. It doesn't have to be complicated. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Father, I thank you so very much for this time together tonight. In this simple passage, we see how you got Peter's attention. And dear Lord, how that they put their, their ways behind them, and they followed you. A great example for us. Put you first in everything we say and do. May we live for you. May 2014 be a great, great year, not because of us, but because of you. In your name we pray. Amen.